welcome to the day away from her point of view with me Isabel and me Charlotte and today I want to apologize to everybody for sounding like a 50 year old man who's a smoker because I've actually got Covid which I'm absolutely gutted about because it's Christmas Eve and I'm having to be on my own in my room whilst all my family are having the Christmas Christmas day downstairs so apologies if you hear me coughing or sound like a plan for around the majority of this video um yeah positive on Christmas Eve can you believe it Oh, I know. I'm, I feel so sad for you, Isabel, and especially like, just it's just frustrating, isn't it? Everyone seems to be so poorly, and the amount of people I've seen testing positive like the last few days, it's just, I'm so gutted for you. So I hope you're okay anyway, and you're feeling better soon. Oh, thank you, Charlotte. This actually like interlines with what we're going to talk about first, though, isn't it? Yeah, so we usually start off with news and it's been it's been a quiet week to be honest at um, the football club, yeah. apart from the Christmas videos, which I am loving by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, made my day. <laughs> they made my day. Yeah, it's um it's been a really quiet one. So yeah, the EFL announced that um the lower leagues are going to be continuing over the Christmas period because we were all a bit unsure, weren't we? Because I know there's been a number of championship clubs and Premier League in particular, the big clubs. Yeah. Um, a lot of games called off. Yeah. It's a little bit like not kicking the teeth necessarily because you've got to put your players' welfare first. However, why isn't League One and League Two players being thought about the same? I remember um, Robbie Stockdale doing an interview, I think it was on BBC Radio Manchester, and he said, like, he couldn't believe that our club and other clubs around us are not being treated the exact same as Premier League players are. Yeah, um, and I just think as well, like, we've obviously, don't get me wrong, we've got some of, we can, we've obviously got younger squad members who would have to step up if obviously anything did happen. But I just feel like these higher league teams, they they name, like, how many do they name? And it's, they name so many squad at the beginning of the season. It's like a number of players in it in a squad. I can't remember how many in particular. But you think they have them players, the quality they have, they obviously have, a lot of quality in their academies and their youth team that they could rely on and could step up. But your big teams like your Manchester United, obviously, I think as the Liver, I think the Liverpool game's been called off as well. Yeah, but, yeah but I felt a bit sorry. Um, we're still talking about the Premier League, but I felt a bit sorry for Leeds because they're not obviously not anymore. They're not a bigger club. They're struggling a bit, but they had to find the numbers to field a team. And the last two games, they have conceded so many goals they've lost, which yeah. obviously they're struggling as it is. Mm-hmm. But then the likes of Manchester United, Liverpool, who don't get me wrong, yeah, they they they've got congested fixtures, but haven't a lot haven't a lot of the teams at the minute. It's like it's like us in League Two. We seem to play mostly every Tuesday, Saturday, and by like pretty much every week. So why should other teams be? like favoured to the lower leagues and the smaller teams in the Premier League I just 
just think it's a bit unfair. Leeds have had a lot of injuries as well as people with COVID. So obviously when they went against City and they got absolutely defeated like so badly, but they still went out there and put a team out with some youngsters in and they still carried out the fixture. Now, why can Liverpool United not do the exact same? Because they've got a few star players that are missing. Why Why is it different for Leeds uh, having to carry out fixtures to Liverpool or United having to carry out a fixture? I think it's ridiculous. The lower league teams, as well as they're, they're not, not the top six teams, aren't taken into account of most of the time. And as soon as the big, one of the top six teams wants something, they'll get it in an instant. They'll get it in a heartbeat. Because everybody wants to see them play, obviously, and you do want to see the superstars play, but come on, give the youngsters the chance if half the team is, is we've got COVID. I know it's difficult if a lot of them have COVID, but if you've got three or four players missing, then it's like Rochdale on a weekly basis, we have three or four star players either injured or with COVID. Exactly, and I think a lot of these um, superstars as well aren't taking it seriously, and fair play to Pep Guardiola, mm-hmm. because obviously... Jack Grealish and I think it was Phil Foden. They actually went out, I think it was to a club or a pub. And this was after one of the games. And then come the Newcastle game, um, they actually got dropped. And Pep Guardiola actually came out and said they've done it because they weren't, they weren't obviously sticking by the rules and they pretty much disrespected him and put a lot of their teammates at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Fair play to him, but I just, I just think it's, I just think it's a bit unfair for clubs like us and, like I said, even like your smaller teams in the Premier League and stuff who are struggling. I just, I just think it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, like you said. Hundred percent. It's like we're in a completely different world to them. You know, we are three divisional smaller than the Premier League teams. However, we still matter. League Two still matters. It doesn't matter if, you know, half the players are missing to the Premier League. Oh, yeah, if, if they've got six or seven players missing, don't matter, they can still make a team. But if um, Liverpool had two or three players missing on a call fixture, we need to put yeah. that both there. Both are at heart. They don't think about us in League Two. So it's just, like you said, kicking the safe massively for us, League Two. Yeah. And I think as well, I'm sure Robbie Stockdale actually said in one of his recent interviews as well, it's as if, we're being obviously treated differently. We're like second class compared to, I think they were actually his own words as well. We're treated as if we're second class compared to obviously like them. Yeah. Second class citizens, he said. And I was yeah. like, how true. That is just so true. Because we are, the welfare of players in League Two is not being thought of at all. No, no. Very disappointing. We hate coronavirus. We hate it. We hate COVID. Thanks for ruining Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, um, moving on. Like I said, it's been a really quiet week. I mean, I've got a couple of notes here, what I write down because I'm quite forgetful. And uh, one of the news um, pieces on here is Alex Newby's hair. (laughs) That's how quiet the week has actually um, gone. (laughs) Now... Do we rate it or do we hate it? <laughs> well, Alex Newbit is one of them. Um, I always say, don't I? He's one of my favourite players at Rochdale, but I don't, I'm not, 
I'm, I'm not going to be mean and bash it and say I hate it, but I definitely don't rate it. I definitely don't rate it. <laughs> what about you? I've got to be the same. I remember watching the Bristol Rose highlights and I was like, who's that? <laughs> number 10? Who's number 10? Oh, it's Newby. I was like, why, what has he done to me there? But you know what? If he likes it, he likes it. Go on the land. But for me, I, I hate it. <laughs> Um, I've got as well, um, we're actually supporting the campaign Rochdale and a lot of the clubs who are playing, whose fixtures are on, I've advertised they are supporting the No Home Kit campaign and that's to raise money for shelter and for people who are needing accommodation, who obviously live on the streets. It's just raising money to obviously like help them. So us girls are actually going to... Um, do a thread on our day away page and I've got one on Twitter at the minute and it's just posting a selfie and donating towards a campaign so if you want to join in and post a selfie in your away shirt it doesn't have to be from this season it could be from last season the season before that'd be really good just to just to raise some awareness obviously Christmas time is a really difficult time for the homeless as well I think you get um this is the highest like death rate for homeless people as well so it is a massive important campaign it would obviously mean a lot to us if you could start a thread on twitter um comment on our pictures seeing yourself we'd love to see them and love to see some donations if you can yeah it doesn't have to be much at all just whatever spare change or anything you have lying about would be much appreciated definitely but yeah, moving on. I don't know if I actually want to move on because <laughs> we've got to talk about the Bristol Rovers game, which does seem like, it seems like years ago. <laughs> because it was such a bad result. <laughs> because it was such a bad result. It's just gone from my brain. I've just tried to ignore it. We obviously lost heavily away to Bristol Rovers. It was a 4-2 loss. Now is a but, but, we, got a <laughs> we have a positive not a positive result we have the positive news Beasley is back on the scorecard yeah. now I'd like to take this time to make a public apology to Jake Beasley I am sorry I ever doubted you you are my favourite striker in the world please keep doing what you're doing and don't change Everyone ignore what I've said in the past two episodes. I, I don't know what I was saying. Clearly weren't thinking right. So I am making apologies to Beasley. You are my favourite and always will be. <laughs> no, this no. is not like, it was looking a bit shady for us. I've got to admit, and I do hold my hands up saying I was a Beasley hater for the past couple of weeks because he wasn't, he wasn't finishing off these goals, but now that he is scoring goals, I'm all for it. I hold my hands up say, I'm uh, sorry for saying that he should be dropped, but he's proved me wrong. And I love that. I love when players prove people wrong and say, no, actually, I will prove you wrong. I will score two or I will sc score the next penalty. So he has done that. Thank you, Jake Beasley, for doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think what it was as well with us, it was just frustrating because you can clearly see his work ethic, like everything he does in a game, is just so spot on. It's just it was just frustrating that he just wasn't putting the chances away. And we know 
he's capable of doing it. So I think with us, it was just mostly frustration, wasn't it? And Definitely. now he's found the back of the net and we'll go on to it a bit later as well because we've got a Newport game to talk about. But um, yeah, I think I think from that penalty miss and obviously we had another two penalties, he scored both of them, which we will talk about. And I just, I'm just really happy now. And he's actually, I think he's our, lead, he's our leading scorer now, I think, isn't he, yeah, JPZ? I'm sure he is. Definitely, with the two goals that he did um, against Bristol Rovers, he is now um, up there with our top goal scorer at the moment, which I'm very much pleased about again. He obviously silenced me. <laughs> <laughs> In the team that um, we started with against Bristol Rovers, it was a bit, it was ca- it was quite, it was quite a different team, but there was a lot of people who have been featuring. But we've yeah. obviously we had Lynch in there again, mm-hmm. um, Dorset legend. He actually played really well. He did. To say obviously last four two, he had a really good game again, which I'm happy Probably about. Probably our best defender that game. A big shocker actually, Jim McNulty. Don't was, see much of it these days, do we? I was very like, what? When I saw his name on there, obviously we've had Taylor playing, but. But an it was a bit of a surprise, really. Yeah, Taylor had um, the games before. He had a little bit of um, a shocker in one of them. He made a couple of mistakes. So I'm wondering whether just gave him a little bit of a rest. Maybe. Then, obviously, Owen O'Connell. Oh, Corey O'Keefe, legend. AD White. <laughs> <laughs> I know. AD White. I actually really like AD White. I think he's got a bit about him pace-wise, which I do like. Yeah, and... When we move on to the next game, he had a big impact in the last two games, I think. 100%. Liam Kelly and Aaron Morley, who I think have got a really good partnership going on. Definitely. Um, Jake Beasley. <laughs> Top goal scorer. <laughs> I'm going to have to get him like tattooed on me now or something. I, I apologise. <laughs> Alex Newby, who we've obviously not seen a few games before that because he was injured so it was good to see noobs back and abraham ado but the one thing what i am a little bit worried about cashman didn't feature again like he wasn't even on the bench so i don't know what's going on there this is what i would like a little bit more of from the club i would like to have some more updates from players because we're generally just concerned about the players welfare never mind just wondering where where they are you know we are wondering is he injured is he just not featuring has he had a fall like like we'd rather just be told if he's injured or if he's not like i i personally and i know you'll be as well charlotte genuinely just worried about his um well his mental his mental health because I'm sure as a player being not featured on in games it can be can play on your mind quite a bit yeah and especially if someone's so young as well and I know he's not from around here so maybe it's because he's homesick maybe he's struggling and he's struggling in training and stuff or maybe like we've mentioned previously he did get a knock in the Bolton game so if he has got an injury but it's as if we've not heard anything about him, even in Stockdale's interviews and stuff. So that's where I'm a bit like concerned. Like, do you reckon he'll be going back in January? Will he stay? I just, I, it just seems like he's just gone off the radar completely. It really, yes. It's just like nobody's talking about him, and it's a little bit concerning because 
you know, we highly rate him when he's played for us. Every time he's come onto the pitch and he's put a Rochdale shirt on, he has given his all, he's had really high energy. It's just a little bit concerning why he's not featuring at all now. All I can say from the Bristol Rovers game, what I can remember is, obviously, we were 2-0 down, which I thought, oh, here we go again. Um, one of them was, to be fair, I don't, I can't remember if it was the first or the second one, one of them was a really good goal. Yeah. Lynch didn't have a chance, but I felt like the other three goals in particular was faults through either miscommunication with our defenders, again, like we mentioned at the Hartlepool game, and as well, I think Lynch could have done better on a couple of the goals. And there was a few times where I think it was, I don't like blaming anyone, don't get me wrong, but I think he could have, he, he could have done a lot better, to be fair. Yeah, no, I completely agree. One of the goals, I think it was the fourth one, you know, passing back from the defenders again, it gave me PTSD from when we had BBM in charge. You know, passing back and then they're just taking the ball from us. It was just so easy, so rubbish defending. And then, you know, we score a goal from passing back. It's just so it's so annoying because we are better than this and we have shown this year that we are a better team than this. However, I just don't think it was um, a good game for Lynch or the defenders, which moves us on to the Newport game because we had a bit of a change for the Newport game, didn't we, Charlotte? Yeah, especially um, especially in our midfield. And that was down to Morley actually took a knock. So he went off at, in the um, Bristol Rovers game. So the team was Coleman. So we had a change of keeper. Now, whatever that was of Lynch's bad game at Bristol Rovers, I don't know. But I think it was a positive change. Yeah, 100%. And... I think I think with Lynch as well, he did get rewarded. He was he was mostly our cup keeper and Coleman was our league keeper. I think Lynch obviously got rewarded for his decent saves and his performances. But I do think obviously if you have got that second goalkeeper obviously fighting for his place as well, then if he does make a mistake, and same for Coleman as well, if he made a mistake, then you've got you've just got to have a swap around, haven't you? Definitely. Yeah, so it was Coleman in net. Jarrell Dorsett again, Owen O'Connell, Max Taylor was back in the side. So I think he needed a little bit of a break, to be honest. Maybe just like, not a teacher lesson, but maybe just a bit like, um, right, you haven't been playing your best the past couple of days. You need to show us in training that you need to, that you should be picked in the first team squad. And that's why McNulty plays the game against Bristol Rovers. But I am pleased that Max Taylor was involved in the squad against Newport. Yeah, 100%. And um, we've got Corey O'Keefe again, ADY, who we spoke a little bit about before. And I think game. This game. Yeah. Great game. He really, he really did. Um, Stephen Dooley, who obviously took Aaron Morley's place. Um, Liam Kelly, Jake Beasley, Alex Newbit, and Connor Grant, who obviously we've mentioned a couple of times, like, I like Connor Grant. And... Um, we saw glimpses of quality of him last season in particular, but this season he's been a little bit hit and miss. He's not really found his feet again, but I honestly think he had a really, really good game against Newport. I really do. Honestly, I don't think any of our players had a bad game against Newport. 
The result was obviously 3-0 to us, which is incredible. A win, three goals, plus a clean sheet. A perfect <laughs> Christmas present. <laughs> I know, we don't see you that very often, do we? No. But, um, yeah, just talking about the game as well, um, on, on the um, score sheet again, Jake Beasley in the second minute, the 72nd minute, and obviously Liam Kelly. But again, after that penalty miss, it was our first penalty. Um, don't get me wrong, he missed it. We had our little rant on here. But since then, his penalties, both both games previously, they've been quality, haven't they? They've been yeah. really good. It's like they've listened, he's listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's been listening to this and he's like, nah, I can't <laughs> Watch me on the next penalty, girls, you will see. <laughs> no, he really has, and um, honestly, I applaud him for it. He really has had, a, and it was a great, a great quality penalty, and and a goal. To be fair, to be honest, obviously the first two was um, Jake Beasley's goal. The third one could have been his as well. He could have took a hat trick. However, he gave it to Liam Kelly, who then finished it off in the late minute. But you know what? He could have he could have done a hat trick. But he's just a nice person. Let him have Liam Kelly have a goal. I'm sure he was pleased with that as well. Yeah, it was good to see Kelly on the score sheet as well because as much as we rave about him, obviously, in the midfield, we were talking about how we need other people to step up and score goals. And I think when you've got the quality of, like, him and Marley, who, like, in the last in the last episode, we were kind of like, oh, they're always flapping. Why don't they just have a shot? So it was nice to obviously see other people on the score sheet as well and them actually having shots. So, yeah, re- really impressed. I've- I've not got anything bad to say about the Newport game at all. No, neither did I. We obviously had, I think I have a stats here, we had, we did have 18 shots, five on target and eight off target. And do you know what? Five out of, um, three out of five goals, three out of five were goals. So it's not a bad stat really. We Over, over half of the um, on target shots were goals. So not really much you can complain about with that one. Yeah, 100%. And like, I think Newport at one point, obviously we dominated. And I think the second half, Newport had a lot of the ball, but they didn't really. Coleman made a few saves, don't get me wrong, but I was never really scared at any point. Like, oh, we're going to we're gonna end up conceding. We're going to end up losing this. Or we're going to end up, um, they're going to end up scoring. There was, there was never a point in that game where I was flapping, which I usually am. Usually I'm up in my seat, biting my nails, like, oh my God, oh my God. But yeah, I was, I was actually quite settled that game. Honestly, I always say we look so good in the first 10 minutes. It's when we don't score in them 10 minutes that we go to pot. If we get a goal in the first 10 minutes, it's like we're unstoppable. You're not going to beat us if we score first in the first 10 minutes. That's what I think led us to having such high confidence and getting a 3 0 win. Is one of the attributes is because we had such an early goal. It puts a really positive note on that. Also, we were scoring um, to Sandy Lane in the first half, weren't we? Maybe, maybe we need to swap it around. I actually saw, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but I saw someone um, tweet our chairman, and apparently, with the stats, when we've been kicking to Sandy Lane first half, We've actually been winning. We've actually won games at home. So I think we actually asked our chairman if it could be swapped. And first half, we obviously scored to our Sandy Lane. 
I can't remember who it was, but if I find a tweet, I will post it on the day away Twitter because it just really made me laugh. <laughs> oh, and I'll call if you're listening. When you're doing the coin toss, please make sure that we are scoring towards the Sandy Lynn. <laughs> yeah, and oh, and O'Connell, I love you so much, but that <laughs> kicked it. Oh my God, I still don't think it's landed. <laughs> The, um, the Dale, the Rochdale fan page from the USA was like, it's just landed uh, in the States, if you were wondering. <laughs> and he was, I know when O'Connell quote treated it and put, can't do a counter attack from there. Like, it was just, yeah, honestly, I was watching it, I was like, all right, yeah, see you later. <laughs> Don't think he should be. <laughs> Very funny. But yeah, um, I just think that's a really good result. And obviously, of course, there wasn't many teams playing. There was only there were only a few fixtures, wasn't it? Was it three or four? Yeah, not many. Three or four fixtures, yeah. And we have shut up the table. We've gone to fourteenth now. So hopefully, if we can put a good a good run together, and um, like we mentioned, get a few signings in January, I think we'll do all right. I really do. Yeah. The next couple of games we have is Carlisle away on Boxing Day. Um, Port Vale at home on Wednesday the 29th and then um, Mansfield at home on Saturday, January 1st. Now, Port Vale are 4th, Mansfield are 11th and um, Carlisle are further down the table. However, I think we can get a few decent points from these games. I am not putting anything to a side just because Port Vale are 4th. We have proven that we can be a... um, top table uh, team especially with Newport they are now six so obviously I think we still have a chance of winning especially just because it's on a Wednesday night on the in between Christmas and New Year I still think that we've got a chance yeah 100% and yeah 100% and we've proven I've seen a stat as well and I think I think a lot of the higher teams apart from Forest Green I think we've either drawn We've either drawn or won against them, which is amazing. Yeah, I think um, I think I saw a stat as well. And the top teams, I think it was on Twitter. I think we lost, obviously, against um, Forest Green, which, to be fair to us, we should have won. We were at fault yeah. for that, to start defending again. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got at least a point or we've actually won against the top teams. So... I honestly think on our day we are more than capable of beating anyone. I think I think we're just frustrating. I really do. And I just I'm gonna go into these games and saying we're gonna win. We're gonna win. I'm not thinking anything lower than a win to be honest. Not even for Port Vale, because we are capable of beating a fourth team. A fourth team? A fourth playing <laughs> team. <laughs> you know, we are capable of doing it and I will be disappointed if we don't win because if we keep going from this 3-0 win and hopefully get a win against Carlisle away, I don't see why we can't beat them. Yeah, definitely. And the only thing I've got with Carlisle is we are the type of team to beat Newport 3-0. And obviously, Carlisle are near the bottom. We are that team who would go and do that, get a clean sheet, we get our hopes up. And we'll end up by some really sloppy defending, getting beat like 1-0 against Carlisle. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me at all. 
but I just think, and to be fair to Carlisle, I'm not going to disrespect them because obviously they have had a tough time, but I think recently they have been picking um, points up. I think they've, they've been doing all right, like in recent games. So obviously give credit where it's due and they're at home. But I just, I just think with our quality in particular, and obviously now Beasley's back to scoring ways, he'll obviously want to crack on and um, carry on scoring, hopefully um, get a few more under his belt. Um, obviously, we've got Newby back. It's one of them as well, maybe maybe Conor Grant, because now we're in a position, he'll be playing. Will obviously keep it the same? Will it be Conor Grant and Newby with um, Beasley? Will um, Adobe back in the side? It's just... It's just good, isn't it? It's quite it's quite interesting to see who's actually going to play these games. Obviously, we've got Josh Andrews. I forgot about him. Josh rather, Andrews. Rather, we're scraping for players now. We actually have a team where we have a few players in each position that are having to fight to start. Well, I'm not going to lie. Connor Grant had a, had a good game against Newport. Why should we drop him? So, And that makes me think as well with Cashman is the thing with Cashman is it's just not obviously is at the minute he's just not proving himself and that's why obviously he's not been featuring when you've got the likes of Adele, Connor Grant, you've got your Josh Andrews, you've got your newbies and stuff. And I just don't know. It's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, that leads on to a few questions we have to be honest. We um we put out that we're gonna do another um uh, like little QA in this um in this episode today, and the first question was so disappointed that the cashman isn't making it into the squad recently, and I can't be the only one. I realise there could be various reasons why. What do you think? Do you think he fits the system and would add to it? Now, we have obviously touched upon this a little bit uh, before. I, I genuinely don't know what it could be. I would. I just want to know whether he is injured or not. I'd rather the club say um, if he is injured because he, they're just... It's all up in the air. Everybody's like, what's happened to Cashman? What's happened to Cashman? And if he's not playing, why is he not playing? Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite difficult because we've had a few different scenarios when we've spoke about it because obviously we've mentioned the injury. We mentioned, obviously, when we was on the Access All Areas podcast and um, we spoke to them and a few other Coventry fans that um, he, he likes playing a number 10 role. So, obviously, does it fit our system? But then you'd think as well, with Newby being injured at that point, they might have brought Cashman in. So, that's what makes me think, was he still having an injury? But then he's featured, he only came on for, I think it was about five minutes against Plymouth. Then he got, I think it was 20, 25 minutes against Hartlepool. And then, since then, he's just not featured at all. He's not even been on the bench, which makes me think, is he just, because obviously we've got players back now, he's just not really proving himself maybe in training or um, it's just obviously he's trying, but obviously the other players who have made it in the squad are just trying that little bit harder and proving themselves a bit more. I I just really, really don't know. I really don't. It's all up in the air, isn't it? It's very hard to answer because we, like I said before, we like Cashman. So it's very difficult for us to say whether he does fit in the squad or not because we just haven't seen him recently. We haven't seen him play a full game recently. I think the last game that he played was maybe Burnley or the game where he scored. Yeah. He obviously scored against Tranmere, but did he come on? He came on as a sub, didn't he, against Tranmere? He's got... Who else did he score against? Um, he scored against, was it Shrewsbury in the Cup? I think so. 
Yeah, Shrewsbury in the cup. Yeah. Yeah. Two is the games that he last played. It's it's just a bit disappointing. Um, Yeah. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Next question. What are your thoughts on George Broadbrent? Has he impressed you when he's played? Now, for me, when... I probably shouldn't compare it. However, when you are wearing number 14, and can I just say the player before him was Ollie Rathbone, who was number 14. So I'm comparing the two, to be honest, and it's just not living up to that number 14 standard for me. Yeah, with George Broadbent, um, I I do like George Broadbent. I think he's very young. I think he will be... I think he's a prospect for, obviously, the future. I can't really comment on him because I don't think I've personally seen much of him to to comment on him. Obviously, he scored a goal, which is good. He's come close a few times. He's not... When I've seen him, I think he's been a quite a steady player, but he's, he's competing in midfield with the likes of Aaron Morley, Liam Kelly, and... I do like George Broadbent, but I just think when obviously you've got the quality of those players and obviously you've got Stephen Dooley who's a steady player as well, I just think it is quite difficult for him to obviously get in the squad. And um, As well, like, we haven't seen enough, enough time of him yet and I will take that into consideration. We haven't seen more of him. He's not a person you put on the pitch at every game. Maybe he gets put on... Um, as a sub every three games, maybe, or something like that. I haven't said him loads, to be honest, so maybe I am being a little bit harsh. I would love to see him come on more, and if he makes that little bit more attack when he comes on, then brilliant. I want him to prove him, prove me wrong, like I've said. I'm not being all negative. When he has come on, he has been, like you said, steady, and he has had control of that ball. However, I just want him to be fiery, and I want him to be... Yes. I not want him to be Rathbone. However, I want him to bring the same attack as Rathbone did. And maybe and they are two different players. However, I just like seeing that redness and fieriness in a player. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And like I said, obviously, I think the thing with Robbie Stockdale is he does rate him a lot, but he's still a young player, George Broadbent. So yeah, maybe I think he's only on loan till January as well. So it'd be interesting to see whether we do keep him on or not. But um I think he's I think he's definitely one more for the future. I really do. 100%. Next question. Who do you think should be our number one goalkeeper? All the lads pick Lynch over Coleman, but the manager mostly picks Coleman. It's a difficult one because, to be honest, they've both shown that they can be the number one goal goalkeeper. But at the moment, I would say Coleman. But if you asked me that a few weeks ago, I would have said Lynch. Yeah. With me, I feel like both of them have got glimpses of quality in them and we've seen those glimpses of quality but at the same time I think they both can have a mistake or two in them yeah. and that's not me criticizing them because I think they're great keepers but I think sometimes I think sometimes it can cost us goals but I think personally from what I've seen this season I'll go off from this season, I would personally say Coleman would be my number one choice. Yeah. And that's just because I think I think from what I've seen Coleman and when I've seen him played, he's been more of a 
he's been more of a steady keeper than Lynch. But I'm not criticising Lynch because obviously we've seen him against Notts County. We've seen him at other games where he's pulled off some amazing saves. So it, it is quite a tough one because, it, like I said, they are both... You both can have glimpses of quality in them, but at the same time, they can they can mess up, can't they? Like like anyone, like any yeah. goalkeeper. They're not perfect, and no goalkeeper will be perfect. However, like you said, they have both showed that they um, need to work their way into the team. They both have shown that they can make mistakes, but also they've both have shown some great saves. So yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one, but I think I think with I'm with you as well, Isabel. I think. I think I'm edging more towards, at the minute, towards Coleman. But if you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago, we sound really fickle, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. You mentioned on the last podcast about who you would like to see join Dale in the January transfer window. But do you think any players will depart? And what are your reasons? Now, we've already said about Cashman. It is up in the air. And I do think with the way it's going... I think he will leave Cashman. I don't want him to, but if he's not playing as many games, it could be. He could be going. Yeah, his parent club will want him to obviously get the minutes, to obviously gain him experience. And it was getting that at the beginning, but like I said recently, it's just not. And maybe may the same for Broadbent as well, because it's, it features now and again, but I don't think, obviously, he's been featuring as much. So maybe he might. He might go back to his parent club. I'm not too sure. Um, the people I'm most worried about leaving in January is probably Aaron Morley and Owen O'Connell. And Owen O'Connell as well. But the only the only positive, well, not positive for us, obviously, because if they're going to if they're going to leave, if they're not going to sign a new contract with Dale. It sounds bad, but I'd probably rather them go in January so we get some kind of income for him. But the only thing is, I can't really see. But then again, it has happened with Tavares where they've only got um, a few months left on a contract and someone's coming with money. So maybe they will go, but I just can't see anyone paying big money for two players who are out of contract. Yeah. Obviously, at the end of the season. So I think if anyone was to leave, it would be... Marley and O'Connell maybe to a club in a higher division but like I said would would somebody come in when they've only got a few months left on a contract I don't know but I think personally I don't want either of them to leave but from Dale's perspective you'd rather get money for him wouldn't you in January if you were to leave rather than them leaving the summer and obviously you got nothing for him no, you would. And as well, they are two key players about us. They are massively improved over the years as well. They are better quality players than League Two. So it is what it is. If the girl, the girl, and I would be devastated if either of them went. Um, I was going to say O'Connell as well, just because I think he's a very class defender and I think other clubs will see that. Um, Next question. Now, I've seen this all over social media and I just cannot believe a club can be owned by such a wanker <laughs> excuse my <laughs> friend. 
What are your thoughts on the current situation at Oldham? Do you sympathise with them or not with them being your local rivals? Now, I basically, the other half of my family are Oldham fans. I have three uncles. They are all mad Oldham fans. They don't miss games. They they take the mic when out of me when we lose or when we got relegated. They wouldn't stop talking to me about it. They wouldn't stop rubbing it in. They have even stopped going to Olden games because the situation is that bad. And that is a shock. That is, especially my Uncle Gav. My Uncle Gav wouldn't dream of missing a game. He's even thinking about giving up his season ticket. I think he told me last week. It's it's such a shock. And I don't know what I would do if I was in the same boat as them. Honestly, and... Um... As much as they are our local rivals, it's like Berrett, as much as they were our local rivals, we sympathise with them so much and it could it could have been us. It it could have been us. Yeah, it could have been. I think yeah. I sympathise with them as well because we know how close we were to being like that. Yeah, of course. And obviously, obviously we have a rivalry on the pitch, don't get me wrong. And you have your banter with people off the pitch and you have your banter on Twitter and you have like stuff on other social media but honestly I I sympathize with them so much and I was so happy to see them three fans got their bands rescinded the club actually came out didn't they and said obviously they've took back off them so they're not banned anymore because I just think I personally think if you're if you're you should have your say as a fan you should have your say how can you be banned for your opinion? That's yeah, and, and these fans care about the club. They care about Oldham Athletic. And why Why should they be punished for caring and wanting the best intentions for their club? They they have put money into, their, into that club as well by buying the shirts, by buying season tickets, by buying a pie, by buying a brew at halftime a program they are just as much putting money into Oldham Athletic as much as obviously this this chairman or whatever you want to call him I just am <laughs> so glad that our club is run by fans and it's a fan run club because if we were in that situation it would just it's just a mess for Oldham and you know you don't want to see another club go down um like Bury even though it is Oldham but we put that aside because I can fully support them as that could have been us. That could have easily have been us. So, Oldham Athletic, we support you in your stand against your chairman. Yeah, and obviously, if you need us to do anything on, obviously, social media, if you need us to retweet anything, if you need us to share, if I've signed a petition as well, what was going around yeah. on social media. Yeah, we've signed a petition, so... If any Oldham fans do come across this, obviously any little snippet of this um, podcast just talking about Oldham, if you need absolutely anything at all, then please just give us a shout because we are more than willing to help in any way we can. We really are. 100%. Our last question we have, Jamie Allen has just signed a new contract with Coventry today. What's your favourite memory of him at Rochdale? There's so many. I love Jamie Allen. One of my favourite players. He was just so cute. <laughs> he actually is the best. Oh, sorry. My sister's just brought in my Christmas pyjamas. 
<laughs> so <And cute. laughs> put him by the door. Oh, bless. Um, so I'll do that one again. Um, and the last question is: Jamie Allen has just signed a new contract with Coventry today. What are your favourite memories of him at Rochdale? Now, I've always loved Jamie Allen, and I was really sad when he left as well as Matty Lund because I thought they were two key midfielders. Um, I remember when it was Andy Cannon as well in that midfield. So them three have always had a soft. I've always had a soft spot for them. But he has been doing well for Coventry. I've seen quite a few like rockets of his of goals from him. So I'm pleased that he is, is staying. I think it's till 2024. Is it? Yes, I I think honestly, like you, I absolutely love Jamie Allen. It was it's actually up there with one of my favorite ever, like Rochdale player because we used to call him, didn't we? Obviously, the Rochdale Paul schools. It was just such a steady little player, and just to see you basically one of your own, um, from obviously the academy, then um, getting to our first team. And just from his debut, just from seeing him on his debut, I think from that moment, it was it was pretty much a regular, wasn't it, for us? Yeah, he and, was. And he was, and it was one of our, like you said, our pole scores. He was our key midfielders, and it was sad to see him go to Burton, I think he went to after after. Yes. Yes. Um, it was one of them where I was absolutely gutted, and I will happily have him back in a heartbeat. Same. I love Jamie Allen. And... Um, Best memory. Do you know what? It sounds weird, but I don't think I've got a best memory of him. I think just from seeing him from his debut, just to progress, like obviously it helped us get promotion back into League One when yeah. we had the likes of Henderson, Vincente, and just just how like we watched his career and how he's just gone on to like a higher club and now at Coventry because when we were on Access All Areas as well, um, Neil and Aid said, didn't they, how, like, was it last season? They were like, oh, I'd, I'd happily let Jamie Allen go, but this season he's proved himself again. Yeah. And then to obviously contract. And it's just it's just really good to see, especially one of your own academy players and someone who's grown up and you've kind of followed down their journey, I think. I think just all of that is the best memory for me, to be honest. You always look out when... Um, other teams are playing and one of your former players are playing for them now you always look up for their name and when you see them scoring you always are really happy for them even if they're at a club you don't like you know you always want your player to have scored your former player and I've always looked out for Jamie Allen when he played for Burton as well and now Coventry it's just so nice to see him doing well and I'm really pleased for him to get this new contract and like you said the best memory is just seeing him grow and grow into the midfielder that he was when he left us. Yeah, it's like the same with Craig Dawson as well. Obviously, we follow his journey, don't we? And just yeah. just to see someone like a local lad as well, just go from strength to strength. And obviously, like, it's it's just really good. And I think, yeah, I think that's our best memories, isn't it? Just It's just how it's just how they've come from, obviously, Dale, and they've progressed and then how we've just gone on. Because we've had so... We've, we've said about it in previous podcasts, but... We've had so many players who obviously have played for us and their career has just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. It's really nice to see, it really is. So one more thing. So obviously we've got a lot of Christmas fixtures coming up, but for me in particular, I always love Christmas fixtures, but Boxing Day 
no matter who you're playing, no matter where you are, home or away, I just think, because everyone's in real high spirits because it's Christmas, there's a lot of games and stuff. I just think they're one of the, I just think they're the best fixtures of the season, Christmas fixtures. You always don't want to be too hungover for Boxing Day because you want to watch them all. Yeah, so um, what's your what's your favourite Boxing Day fixture if you had to pick one, Isabel, what you've been to? Do you know what? I think mine was actually quite weird because we are playing them over the festive period again. Mine was in, I think it was 2013 season when we played Mansfield at home and we won 3-0. Scott Hogan scored two and Matty Lund scored one. And it was like the start of when I had my season ticket and obviously seeing Scott Hogan on top form scoring at home it's just one of the best things to see but Scott Hogan has always been one of my favourite players but to have Mansfield at home on uh, Boxing Day and then to beat them 3-0 what more could you want it was one of my favourite days do you know what we tend to play them a lot over Christmas because um I remember we played and this was a few years ago now and um it was actually me and my dad went this isn't my favourite fixture by the way because it was really bad but I remember um, we went to Mansfield and Gareth Griffiths did a back pass and it ended up leading to them scoring Mansfield. And I just recall over the festive period, we always have Mansfield. It's like it's like first game of the season. We tend to always used to have Peterborough, whether it were home or away. It was always Peterborough. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I don't know who works the fixtures out, but yeah, it's to always do that but favorite fixture from boxing day was actually it was a good few years ago it was actually in 2004 and we played darlington away and at the time even though now darlington are i don't know which league they're in but they're a lot lower than us and they just built a big like quite a big ground so at the time it was like whoa this is this is really good and um we ended up actually winning three nil it was so cold, absolutely freezing. But Grant Holt scored too. And um, we had someone on loan called, I can't pronounce his name. I think it was, it was Taiwo Atieno, he was called. <laughs> and um, that game for me was just really good because obviously I loved Grant Holt. But at the time, we had Matty Gilks playing in net. Um, we had Wayne Evans, we had Jamie Clark, Gareth Griffiths. Greg Heald, Alan Goodall, who was a favourite of mine. Um, Ernie, Ernie Cooksey, bless him. Um, Gary Jones, Leo Bertos, Grant Hall, and that um, Tywo Watiano. I don't, don't really remember him, but I'm glad he scored. But yeah, it was just, it was just really good because I was obviously, I was quite young at the time as well. And just from obviously seeing Grant Alt score too and that game just sticks in my head so I think that's one of my favorites apart from it being so cold because it was in Darlington so yeah that's probably one of my favorites but you're freezing oh honestly it was so cold I remember I remember as well um I remember one time we tend actually do you know what we tend to have Carlisle Carlisle like, yes, we, we do don't we do yeah and that's well <laughs> remember once going to Carlisle it was a night game and me and my dad went and honestly there weren't a lot of Dale fans at all it started snowing 
and I wanted to cry because I was so cold but because I was so cold I, I just couldn't cry <laughs> I really couldn't I so, um, go on sorry no you're all right you're all right I was just gonna say I remember when the coldest match I don't know if Dale, Dale fans gonna agree the coldest match I've ever been to was Spurs away oh <gasps> my Yes. I had to go and buy a load of England merchandise because it was that because obviously it was at Wembley. So I had to go and buy a hat, scarf, England gloves. I was freezing. And then I got my dad brought my fluffy pajamas. I had to put them over my clothes because I was that cold. It was freezing. Oh no, I completely agree. And the frustrating thing is though about when was that the one was that the one actually at Wembley? Yeah. Yeah. At Wembley as well, we've obviously been twice with Dale. Once it's absolutely lashed it down, <laughs> torrential rain. And then the other time we have a snow blizzard. <laughs> just, it's like, come on, give us a break. <laughs> Honestly, the most cold I've ever been in my life. And then everybody, it was snowed so much by the time we got home. And I'm sure the coaches like got stuck in the snow. God, what <laughs> What a day. You lose six one and then can't get home. <laughs> no. It was it was one of them, but it's memories, isn't it? And Humphreys was Humphreys who scored as well, wasn't it? That was the best moment ever. My dad picked me up. Honestly, like, <laughs> we were it was just and then just before half time, Andy Cannon nearly yeah, let us go two one up. And I was yeah. like tired of pie. I had to turn around, look at the TV, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> getting the pie. And I normally I'm like very much wanting a pie. I normally don't ignore a pie, but Andy Cannon nearly nearly came with a two one lead at Wembley. I nearly forgot about the pie for a second there. Oh, I love it. But um, yeah, just finishing off, we'll um do some score predictions. I think so. Carlisle. We touched on before that we think we we are pretty confident. We've just just obviously three 0 against Newport. We've gone up the table a little bit. What do you reckon for Carlisle? I'm saying a solid one 0 win to us because who you got score? <laughs> Beasley have that. I've just got it every time. If I say Beasley, then then everybody will think I hate him. I don't hate him. I promise. <laughs> He's probably wrong, so I'm hoping that Beasley's going to be on the scorecard again. And as well, do you think we'll make any changes to the team or do you think it'll be pretty much the same team? You know, it's a hard one because I don't know if Molly's back. If Molly's yeah. back, then I think, obviously, Molly will be in the starting squad. However, whether he'll drop Dooley or Conor Grant, I don't know. But I hope that Conor Grant stays because he had a good game. Yeah, and... Like we were saying, I think we all had a good game, but I personally, I think Aaron Morley actually came on later on in the game. Yeah. And I think he will keep the same team apart from, like you said, I think Morley will be in for Dooley maybe. Yeah. And I, that's nothing against Dooley. I think he's quite a steady player, don't get me wrong, but I just think the Morley and Liam Kelly partnership and, yeah, that that's what I think anyway. And hmm, my score prediction. Do I go with another clean sheet? <laughs> That's the toughest bit. It's not the goal scoring now. It's whether we'll keep a clean sheet. But do you know what? I'm going to go for a 2-0. 2-0? And I'm going to go for Beasley and Marley. I'm going to go with Marley as well. I think he's going to score a rocket. 
a rocket. He likes to score. So he I does like to score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we just want to thank everyone again for obviously supporting us. Um, we've had we've had so many love, so many loves. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone again for supporting us. You've all been amazing since we started the podcast up. And we just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. And obviously, Isabel, not good. But I hope you have the best Christmas you can. Can't wait to have Christmas dinner on my desk in my room on my own. But I'm sure a lot of other people are in a worse situation or in a similar situation to me because COVID is just spreading. So I hope everybody stays safe and has a very Merry Christmas and a good New Year. Here's too many wins in the New Year. Hopefully, and hopefully we'll be shooting up that table because I, I'm i pretty confident now. <laughs> We've had that 3 0 win, I'm really confident. And, uh, We're going to win the league now without a 3 0 win. <laughs> And Father Christmas, please let us sign karaoke. If that's the only present I want this Christmas, <laughs> only if present I want. If karaoke isn't under my Christmas tree, I haven't been a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. And um, yeah, happy Christmas to each and every one of you and stay safe. Happy Christmas, guys. <laughs>